the word of God tonight. We're excited about that, excited about the messenger this evening, anticipating what the Lord has given him. I know he has prayed, I know he has prepared, and has gotten ready for this moment tonight. How many know that we're not here by culture or tradition, we're here by divine appointments? Do you know that? Look at somebody next to you and say, you're here for a reason. I mean, look at somebody else and say, you're here for a reason. And let me tell you, if anybody's watching on live feed, you're watching for a reason. But let me tell you, come on out to church in the sanctuary because you'll come for a reason. I hope we never get to a place where we go to church just because it's what we do. Can I have an amen? Trust me, I know people who go to church for a hobby. But let me tell you something. I'm here tonight because I believe the Lord has set up this divine appointment. And I believe the messenger has gotten his heart ready and his spirit ready. So I wonder tonight, are you ready to hear from the word of God? Can you say yes? So without further ado, Noah Searle's coming. Just let the Holy Ghost use you tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give the Lord another hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, it seems like every time... Uh, that you're in worship for the Lord and, and, and thinking about His goodness. It just seems like every time He just just shakes you to your core and puts you in awe once more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Something that Pastor, I remember him saying one time, and I'm, I don't know if you got this from somebody or not, but I'm going to steal it from you for a second. <laughs> but I remember that he talked about how the gospel and the love uh, the love of Jesus is can be so shallow that a child can wade in it, but it can be so deep that the greatest theologian can drown in it. Just depends on how far you're willing to walk, amen. <laughs> May we keep diving into his love, diving into his presence. I, I want you tonight, tonight I have a word that, um, you know, kind of, uh, takes me out of my comfort zone some because I like to get up here and and give word that is that Pentecostal fire you know and 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 get real excited about the word and I am still excited about the word but sometimes the word comes in different uh, different deliveries I guess you would say and so tonight I really want you to pray for me um, pray for the word tonight uh, that it would cut that it would pierce the way that it's supposed to um, but it would be delivered in an understanding way not belittled in any way by my understanding or the way that I can talk, but that God's word would come through like it should. So if you would, stretch your right hand forward and we're going to pray together. God, I thank you so much for your presence. And Lord, we stand in all of your goodness for who you are, God. Lord, and I thank you for your love. God, that we're able to walk in deeper and deeper, Father, and understand more and more about you, Father. There is no end, God, to your wisdom, your knowledge, and your grace, and your love. So, God, tonight I just pray that your word would shine bright through me. God, that my human wisdom and my own thinking, God, would not belittle your word in any way. God, I pray that it would come out clear, understanding for your people. God, because I know this is a divine appointment by each person here. I thank you, Jesus. In your holy and precious name, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Miss Debbie. 
We're going to turn tonight to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 49 through 51. This scripture's been on my heart for a few weeks now, and it seems like, Pastor, either in our conversations or you've mentioned it a couple times, I think, up here, but you've talked about this, uh, this divide. And I want to talk a little bit tonight on, this, on something that Jesus said, and um, this is a very profound word, um, but one that I think that we all need to understand, and I think in order to change the atmosphere that's going on right now, we need this word. We need the word here. Luke chapter 12, verse 49 says this. I came, this is Jesus talking, I came to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This passage of scripture, I think, for all those those people that had gathered, because if you read the first part of chapter or Luke chapter twelve, this was a a great multitude that was in front of him, and also his disciples around. I think for everybody around, this was like shook to their core, and also probably a little bit confusing. But Jesus Jesus says, "Listen." He starts off in, uh, in this passage of scripture, anyways. He starts off to say, "I have come to send fire on the earth." First off, man, what do you? That's a that's a way to start that passage out, right? <laughs> I have come to send fire upon the earth. If you if you read in in the first, uh, I think it's in Luke three, fire is first mentioned. But fire is really always like a uh, um, a point of it's talking about judgment. You know, it talks about purifying and, and the judgment that comes with fire. And the scripture God tells us too that one day all this this whole world is going to be purified and burned with fire. Um, and just in like in the days of Noah where God purified the earth with a great overwhelming massive amount of water uh, and now he promised he'd never do that again but says someday that he's going to destroy this earth with, with fire. Even uh, Jude chapter 1 verse 7 even says that Sodom and Gomorrah was just almost like an example, almost just like a preview of what's going to happen to the world. So Jesus says, I, I came to this world, I, I came to just send fire down on this world. He says, oh, how I wish it was already kindled. Yeah. And, he, and he, he goes on in that scripture basically to say, Have you, did you think that you know, I came to bring peace upon the earth? I tell you not at all, but rather division. And he, and he starts to say how the, the house was going to be divided. And these people that are mentioned here are not ones that you're thinking what we see going on right now, like between Republicans and Democrats and, and racism and whatever. No, these are people of the same household that he's talking about here in this division. So, so this, this passage of Scripture can be one that's like, you know, confusing. But here's what I, I want to like break this down. I want to go through this slow because I believe that the Word of God here and what Jesus was saying, I think that there's something important, very important that we need to know that if, we're gonna want, if we want to see lost people come to the Lord. 
So Jesus says here, so I'm gonna, I want to send down fire. I wish it was already kindled. I wish it was already kindled upon the earth. But first, I have to go through a baptism, a baptism of death. Where Jesus says he's so distressed about it, but, but it has to be done. Here's what I'll say first. Jesus wanted to, he wants to send fire upon the earth. It's not to destroy us. Jesus wants to get evil and sin out of the way, okay? That's his, that's his agenda, all right? He wanted to purify the earth. But, come on, he is the way maker because when there seemed like there was no way, he said, but I need to go through a baptism first. A baptism that's going to provide a way for you to escape this fire. This baptism that I'm gonna that I'm so distressed about, this baptism of death, I'm gonna go through that for you so you don't have to be in that fire. So he so he is the way maker, praise the Lord. So even when there seemed like there's no way, God Jesus says, mm, I'm gonna make a way. I'm about to just make a way for you. So he says, I'm gonna send fire on the earth. I wish it was already kindled, but I have to go through this baptism first. I'm going to provide a way for you. And that's, that, that's a picture that I want us to focus on for a minute. Because I think uh, there are very, there's some tendencies to see the gospel as, as love, forgiveness, mercy, but yet not see the righteous judgment of God. And in the flip side of that, you know, I don't want to be, I don't ever want to be a preacher that stands and just preaches judgment, 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 because that's not the fullness of the gospel either. If you want the full picture of Jesus, just as Pastor was saying on Sunday morning, is that Jesus brought grace and he brought truth. He didn't just bring grace to just you know, make the world flowery in a peaceful place. But no, he also brought truth so that you might be set free from the bondage of sin. So yes, we have God who, who loves you graciously. And that's what I wanted to see in these songs we were singing tonight. We have this God that loves us graciously. But all hail King Jesus. For he is the King. He is the God. He is the Creator. And he's not to be messed with. Amen? The picture, the picture of the ark is, is uh, uh, what comes to my mind every time I think about uh, the, the pictures that we try to depict, especially like you go into, go into nursery rooms and stuff, you see the picture of the ark, and, uh, and you see all Noah, and you see all the animals on there, and they're just smiling away and stuff, and that's all you get in that picture in your, in your nursery room. But in reality, if we were taking pictures of that place, there would have been an ark and those animals on there, but there would have been a lot of destruction going on in that water. A lot of death going on in that water. And so I want you to see that, yes, God is a, he is, he loves and he's going to provide that way just as he provided that way for Noah and his family and those animals to, you know, to save them on that ark. But at the same time, he's a righteous judge and he is not to be messed with. That's the fullness, that's the full picture of God, of the fullness of the gospel. So I want us to wrap our head around that. So Jesus says that, uh, you know, he did not come to bring peace upon the earth, but rather division. And, what, and, and there's some other uh, scriptures that go along with that. Matthew 10.34 says this. I didn't give you these scriptures, brother, but that's okay. Matthew 10.34 says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. 
This was a, and, and when he talks about those being divided in the same household, that was actually a prophecy that he was building upon from the book of Micah, chapter 7. So this, this is what he's talking about. He's not bringing peace to the world, but he's bringing this division. Now, I want you to, I want, I want to like stop there real quick because I want to, I want to digest this a little bit. Because Jesus' intention is not to like, you know, not to divide people from people. Okay, that's not his intention. John, uh, I actually wrote this down. Uh, of course, John 3.16, we all know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That Jesus did not come just to just break people apart. That's not what he's about. But he came to break apart evil from holiness. He came to break apart the sin that binded up God's creation. He died for that. That was his sacrifice so that that could be the division. That's what the word's supposed to do. Hebrews chapter 4 says that the word is so sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it can cut between the soul and the spirit. It can cut between the bone and the marrow. Jesus, the word was given, the truth was given, so that you could be cut from your wicked ways, and you could repent into a righteous and holy life that God had made for you. So Jesus' intent wasn't just to you know, yeah, tear people apart. He wanted to tear the wickedness and cut you away from the sin that was going to lead to death. But Jesus gave this prophecy just as it was given in Micah because it wasn't Jesus' intention, but we know how that's going to be made manifest. Not because of Jesus, but because of us. Because there will be some that don't let go of that. And God being the righteous judge. Psalm 7 verse 11 says this. God is a righteous judge. A God who displays his wrath every day. That's not a God to be messed with. A God, a righteous judge. A God who shows his wrath every day. That's not somebody to mess with. And so don't picture Jesus as somebody who came and just going to, I'm just going to apologize for what the gospel is. I'm just going to, you know what, it's okay. Keep it going. But no, Jesus came so that yes, you would, you would repent, you would turn from that, but also you would live life and life more abundantly. Yes, amen, amen, amen. That he, that's the division that he wanted. So that's, that's the divide. I, I thought about this illustration before I came, and this was something on the way over as I'm praying and getting ready. Uh, and, and God kind of showed me this. Uh, I thought this was a good way to teach. But it's like this. It's like if a, if a criminal got a lawyer, and that lawyer decided, you know, instead of, instead of going through the, the settlement process or whatever, and trying to get that ready before that criminal went before the judge. If the settlement process was done, then the judge just kind of passed it along. It's good. You know, agreement's made type of thing. But if that lawyer went to that criminal and just went up to him and just said, You know what, buddy? I think it's going to be all right. I think you're going to be okay. We don't need to do anything about it. Let's go before the judge. Well, when, the judge, when you step before the judge and the lawyer, you know, and, and the person says, Well, you know, it's, it's supposed to just be all right. The judge is not going to act that way. 
And so Jesus sent, you know, he sacrificed himself to be the settlement for our sin. So don't think because you're, you know, oh, well, you know what, I, I don't really need to separate from my sin from that. Guess what? If you act like that in the apologetic way of, of, of being in the gospel, you act like that, you're going to stand before a God one day who's a holy and righteous judge, and it ain't going to be pretty. But I see the sacrifice and I see the settlement that was made for my sin and how great that settlement was. I want to accept that. I have accepted that. That is the division. I've gotten that sin and that evil and that unholiness out of my life so that I can live a life and a life more abundantly. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But here's the important thing. Here's what I really want us as a church to see. Because I'm we're a Wednesday night crowd, all right? This is this is an intimate crowd. I'm looking around at some believers. I saw y'all worshiping a little bit ago. Y'all love the Lord. Okay? Now here's what I want you to see. This divide that happens, that Jesus talks about, that there's gonna be five in a household divided, three against two, two against the mother and, and mother and daughter, there's going to be divided, father and son, uh, daughter-in-law and mother-in-law, some of y'all thinking, I'm already divided, my mother-in-law, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> but here, here's what I want to say, this divide that happens, this is absolutely needed if we want to see lost souls saved. In 2 Corinthians, I give this scripture too. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18 says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There should be a separation that happens. There should be a, a, a divide. Church, here's the problem when, when, when our... Uh, when our ministry isn't, you know, ministry isn't working, I want you to make sure that there's no blurry lines between what the church is and what the world is. Okay? Because it's not a good situation whenever you're not sure whenever the world ends and the church begins. There should be a clear, because what fellowship does light have with darkness? Okay? I would say this. If this whole room is dark right now, let me tell you something. It's not the light. It's not the darkness's fault that it's still dark in the room. It's the light's fault for not being turned on. So church, if we're supposed to be a body of believers, that's a city on a hill, that's the light of the earth, that's the salt of the earth, then let us be on fire for God. Let us show the way. Let there be that 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 division. There's something different about us. Now the practical separation, because I, I want to make this point. Don't think that you need to. And oh, well, then they're not watching this. Don't think you need to be Amish, okay? Because you don't need to separate yourself from the world, all right? <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. Like, don't think you need to completely separate yourself because it's not an avoidance. Because we see Jesus Christ did not avoid people. No, he went to the sinners. He sat down at the tables. He ate with them. He talked with them. He asked them how their life was going. He showed them the way. Church, we're not a people who just avoid them, but we are a church that needs to show some difference in us. There needs to be some practical things in your life that show I am a Christian. I mean, I know that it's not about a behavior change, but let me tell you something. When the inward changes, the outward changes too. People's going to know you by your fruit. 
And so let us not be a people who, who you know, behave the same way or have hate in our heart. Or, man, even things where it comes to like, let us not even listen to the same type of music or watch the same television shows or talk the same gospel or gossip at work. Let us not like do all these things that the world does, but let there be a difference in us. So that then the world can start to see Jesus Christ in the body. I want to take us now to one more passage of scripture. John, if you've got it up there. John uh, chapter 15. I'm sorry, John chapter 17 verses 13 through 23. I know this is a long passage, but this is a prayer of Jesus that I'm going to read word for word because it's important. John chapter 17, verse 13. John, keep up with me, okay? So I'm going to read it off the screen. It says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. This is Jesus talking about the body believers. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Come on, there's a lot lot to say right there. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also those who will believe me through their word. So those that's going to be witness to and those that come after that's going to believe in Jesus, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I'm going to stop right there. Jesus said this prayer. He said, listen, Father, don't take them out of this world, but protect them from the evil one sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. And make them as one. Just as you and I are as one. Church, in such a divided world, the reason why they're divided is that there's no absolute truth amongst them. When there is no absolute truth, that creates chaos, and everybody can believe that their truth is truth. And that's what causes that division. So in a world of division, let the body of Christ come together as one. Because in that scripture, it talks about that when they come as one, the world will see that you sent me. That the Father has sent Jesus. So let me put it this way. Whenever the church begins to act 
as one body separated from the world not not out of this world we're we're in this world but not of this world and we are acting as one body that's when those outside of that body begin to see that Jesus is truth that Jesus was sent to the world that Jesus' way his life his sacrifice his holiness is truth that's when the world begins to see is when the body of Christ has that separation has that division from the world but then comes together as one I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a, and I really hope that I don't sound boastful. Lord, help me. Whenever I was in, uh, whenever I was uh, in high school, we had uh, my my favorite sport was wrestling, mainly because my legs just weren't long enough to do anything else. But my favorite sport was wrestling, and uh, my wrestling team, man, we we really. You want to talk about some binding together? Um, you wrestle each other for two to three hours a day. You start to really know each other well. <laughs> so, but this wrestling team that we, you know, we grew up and uh, all together, man, we were through, you know, since I was four years old all the way up. And we got to high school, and uh, it was like we got there, and, like, um, we all, like, sat together. We all cheered for each other. Like, through the whole, the whole like, season, we would have, like, our guys, before they even went out on the mat, we would, like, get all around them and, like, try to pump them up and stuff. And we'd always pray before every match, everything. We'd send them out all, all together. We'd send them out. And it got to a point that, like, it was, it was weird because... Like it seemed like the entire um, state almost. We got to like the, the the state tournament, and it's just a circle arena. And first of all, we had our own little section. Okay, so we're all like separated. And it seemed like every time we won uh, won a match, the crowd the whole crowd would boo. And every time we lost the match, they cheer. And I was like, what in the world? But in our little team, let me tell you something. We were like. Guys, let's do this. Like, let's, we are together. We are a family. We send them out every match. Every time somebody was hurt, we went to them. We tended to them. We were buddies. We were in this thing together. What happened with that team? We, we weren't nothing special. But yet, the first year we were together in my high school, we won the state tournament by 18 points. You want to know what happened after that? The state ended up hating us more. After that, the next year we won by 48 and a half points. After that, we won again by 85 points the third year. So every time it seemed like the state was pushing us against us, but man, we were pulling together as a team. And then that third year, I can remember, it was like half the town seemed like showed up to that state tournament. And it was just like, uh, instead of a little section anymore. We had like this whole side of this, this huge circle. Just all point pleasant. We're like, this is awesome. But let me tell you something. It is, and I don't want to sound boastful in saying that, but what I will say, there was some there were some things in the mix that you didn't know about. You see, there was a new coach that took place that first year, and that new coach was a Christian. And that's why we were playing before every match. That was why we were working together even when it came to grades, and several of us got saved on that team, and we were all working together as one there there became something that changed in that that the, every year that went by that third year i can remember coaches coming up to 
my coach and asking them, what is different about your team? You don't have like any good transfers or nothing. These are just corn-fed boys that, you know, they, they ain't nothing to but you guys are doing well. What's going on? And my coach, who is a Christian, who is a born-again believer, began to minister to other coaches of teams and things. And just like that, revival can start to happen even in West Virginia wrestling. Come on now. <laughs> So church, what I'm saying just as that team did is that we need to come together as a body of believers where we begin to rejoice when others rejoice. That we begin to hurt when others hurt. When we get to pray for each other. When we get to that point where we say, let me tell you something. Everything that I have is yours because you're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. So if you need help, you need support, I'm with you. I'm going to be yoked up with you. I'm going to be joined together with you. We're going to do this thing together. And it's in that unity. Come on, church. It's in that unity that the world begins to see the difference. That the world begins to see Jesus Christ sit and His way is the truth. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in such a divided world, let us begin to show a difference in us. Let us begin to band together brother and sister and it's in that divide Jesus pulls us all together and we start to be able to minister to the world like never before a few weeks ago the church a lot of the church congregated at Washington D.C. and came together for one of the first times ever in a long time like that crowd do you all know what do you know what the after report of that was do you know how many were saved that day? 250,000 were reported saved that day. Praise the Lord. Church, when we come together like that and the world begins to see a body whole put together and begins to see Jesus Christ, that's when lost people start to see the truth and they want in too. So I know this is going to be a little. This is going to be a little different. This is going to. This is a little different. But I, I want. I'd like to have Lee if you want to come up, and I want you to play on the piano. But I'd like us all to stand together. Uh, yeah, yeah. Debbie, you want to come on up, play. But I'd like us all to stand together, and we're going to end in just a little bit of a, a little different way. Debbie's going to play some music for us and I want us just to begin to pray. As one body, one mind and one accord, we come together, we worship, we celebrate, praise the Lord. Now I want us to pray together. That we would pray that as a body of believers that they would begin to show a difference in us. That we would band together, brother and sister, to be as one. And in such a divided world that they would begin to see the truth of Jesus and the truth of his gospel in us. So I'm going to ask you right now, if everybody will, to stretch your hand forward like we do when we pray together. 
Daddy, you keep praying and we're going to just start to pray. Let's pray together, church. God, we come to you right now. Father, unify the body. Pull us together bone to bone. Let us rise up together. Let there be a difference in us, Father. God, let this light show not just from Rodney Pike Church of God, but let the light show from the church around the world, in our community, God, in our backyard, Father. Lord, in our households, in our nation, in our state, Father. Lord, let us as Christians begin to love one another just as you said that people will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. So God, let us begin to have that love, that longing, Father, for each other to band together to be as one body. God, I just pray that you would put that on our hearts. Lord, that we would rejoice with each other when one rejoices or hurt when one hurts, God. But yet we would be moved together, all binded together by your love that flows through us. And Lord, I begin to ask you to open up the eyes of those in the world. God, open up their eyes so that they might see in all of this mess, in all of this division, in all of this darkness, God, that they would see a city set upon a hill. Lord, that it's shining bright. God, showing people the way. For we don't gather, God, to just what, to, to, to show our name, Father. But we gather to show your name, to show your glory. So when people look at us, God, don't let them see us. Don't let them see our buildings. Don't let them see just that we've got a worship team going on. Don't let them see that we've just got this church filled with people. But let them look at us and see your Son, Jesus, shining bright in us. God, put words upon our heart to minister to people. Let us not just avoid the sinner, but let us cross the street. Let us sit at the other table. Let us visit them, Lord, when they're homeless, God. Let us visit them whenever they're in need. And let us begin to clothe them, to help them, Father, to feed them. God, to, to show your love to the lost. God, we want to be an army that rises up and goes to battle for you not to fight against people but to fight this fight of spiritual warfare God we pray 